This is literally everything, 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 everything. If you're like me, you have a pile of books older than your grandma's mom and taller than the Empire State Building just begging to be read. To top it off, you probably add several books to said pile every week, yet somehow find yourself in a reading slump with nothing to read. Uh Uh-huh, I see you. In an attempt to tackle my never-ending pile of books, I decided to start a podcast with hopes of making some sort of dent in said pile, and maybe help inspire your next read. I'm Odell. Welcome to Just Read It Already. Happy almost Christmas, book nerds, if you celebrate. If not, then happy almost the end of the year. Hope y'all are hanging in there. You have all of your shopping done, work's winding down, and you can enjoy the last few days of the year. This is my last week of work for the year, and then I'm off all next week. So looking forward to doing nothing but read and chill and just be lazy as hell. This week, I'll be sharing my thoughts on four Christmas books that I recently read. We'll take a look at Emily Stone's Always in December, Carrie Winfrey's Faking Christmas, Alison Cochran's Kiss Her Once for Me, and back to Emily Stone for Love, Holly. Now, normally I'd start off with what's new this week, but I browsed several sites and found nothing new that releases this week. Next week, there are a few, so stay tuned. I'll have those then. And yes, I will have an episode for you on Christmas Day. I was going to take the week off, but I had a few more books that I wanted to share before the end of the year. I'll also be dropping a special end-of-year episode on New Year's Eve, where I will chat about and rank my favorite books of the year and share a few books releasing in 2024 that I'm super excited about. And I'll chat about some of my 2024 reading challenges that I'm going to try. I'll also be changing the format of the show. I'm going to reduce the frequency of episodes in the new year and just kind of change things up a little bit, and I'll have more information on that on that episode as well. But for today, let's jump into the reviews. We're going to start with Emily Stone's Always in December. This book was first published by Dell on October 12th, 2021. The synopsis reads, Every December, Josie posts a letter from her home in London to the parent she lost on Christmas night many years ago. Each year, she writes the same three words, missing you always. But this year, her annual trip to the post box is knocked off course by a bicycle collision with a handsome stranger, a stranger who will change the course of Josie's life. Josie always thought she was the only one who avoided the Christmas season, but this year, Max has his own reasons for doing the same, and coincidence leads them to spending the holiday together. Aglow with new love, Josie thinks this might be the start of something special, only for Max to disappear without saying goodbye. Over the course of the next year, Max and Josie will find that fate continues to bring them together in places they'd never expect. New York City, Edinburgh, the quiet English countryside. And it turns out, Max had every reason to leave and every reason to stay. But what does fate hold for Josie and Max as Christmas approaches again? I stumbled upon this book on Instagram one day. A couple of people posted about how much they loved it, and the comments on these posts were overwhelmingly favorable, so I immediately added it to my Christmas TBR. My only regret is that I read through all the comments and unfortunately came upon a minor spoiler that kind of ruined the emotional impact for me. Had I not known this one little detail, I think this one would have kicked my ass emotionally. 
I'm going to structure this review in a way that will hopefully not even so much as hint at any spoilers so that you can go into this one with a clean slate. The novel focuses on Josie, a young woman who writes a letter to her deceased parents every Christmas. Josie lost her parents around Christmas time, so this time of year is very difficult for her. This year, Josie sets out on her bike down the busy London streets to mail her letter and literally runs into a man getting out of a taxi cab. This unexpected encounter sets in motion a chain of events that will forever alter the course of Josie's life. Josie ends up taking the man, Max, out for drinks as an apology and learns that he was on his way to New York to visit his family for Christmas, but his flight got canceled and he's had a difficult time finding another flight. Josie ends up spending the next few days with Max, and the two seem to share something very special. But then one day, Max up and leaves, leaving Josie confused and heartbroken. As the narrative progresses, the author brings Josie and Max back together, weaving their lives in unexpected ways. From the bustling streets of New York City to the enchanting beauty of Edinburgh, the pair find themselves drawn to one another repeatedly. Are they meant to be together, or do the fates have something else in store for them? I really, really enjoyed this book. I loved how Josie and Max each came into the other's life right when they needed each other the most, and I enjoyed learning what drove Max away and then watching the two of them meet again and figure out where they stood with each other. I couldn't help but root for them as a couple. As the plot unfolds, Stone adeptly delves into the complexities of fate and its role in our lives. The interplay between chance encounters and deliberate choices beautifully highlights the intertwined nature of Josie and Max's lives. Always in December is not just a love story, but also an exploration of life, grief, and the power of second chances. I love when a book makes me feel something, and the author is gifted in that aspect. I could feel Josie's heartbreak when Max left, and I could feel her annoyance along with a spark of hope when she runs into him again. Every page is filled with a sense of hope and possibility, making it impossible to put the book down. I loved all the characters. Josie and Max are perfect. I was deeply invested in the characters, their dreams, their struggles. Josie's strength and resilience in the face of loss alongside Max's journey of self-discovery creates a very nice dynamic. Supporting characters were also spot on. I especially loved Josie's grandparents. They were absolutely adorable. This book is filled with plenty of heartwarming moments, holiday cheer, hope, and grief. I felt many things while reading this book, and it instantly made me an Emily Stone fan. I would definitely recommend adding this to your Christmas reading list. I gave it four and a half stars. Next, I'll share my thoughts on Faking Christmas by Carrie Winfrey. This book was first published by Berkeley on September 26th, 2023. The synopsis reads... Laurel Grant works as a social media manager for Buckeye State of Mind, an Ohio tourism magazine and website. She is most definitely not an owner of a farm, but one tiny misunderstanding led her boss, Gilbert, to think she owns her twin sister, Holly's farm just outside of Columbus. Laurel only handles the social media for the farm, but she's happy to keep her little white lie going if it means not getting fired. And keep it going she must when Gilbert, recently dumped by his wife, invites himself over for the farm's big holiday dinner, as advertised on Meadow Rice Farm's Instagram, thanks to Laurel herself. Laurel immediately goes into panic mode to figure out how she can trick Gilbert into thinking she's basically the Martha Stewart of rural Ohio, and keep her job in the process. Laurel and Holly come up with a plan. All Laurel has to do is pretend to own the farm for one dinner. But when Laurel shows up at the farm, an unwelcome guest is there, Max Beckett, her nemesis since Holly's wedding. The annoyingly attractive man she hates will be posing as Laurel's husband just for the evening. But when a snowstorm traps them all for the entire weekend, 
Laurel is going to have to figure out how to survive with her job and dignity intact. Whatever the case, this promises to be the most eventful Christmas in ages. When I put together my holiday reading list this year, this book wasn't originally on the list. I'd actually started reading Wreck the Halls by Tessa Bailey. I'd never read anything by that author before, and the premise sounded fun, but I found myself really annoyed by the lead male character. He was a little too horny for a Christmas book. And I found his constant inner dialogue about sex to be a little off-putting, so I actually ended up DNFing it. I happened upon this book when looking for a replacement, and I'm happy to say that I enjoyed it much more. I found it to be a charming and heartwarming holiday read that left me with a big smile on my face. The story revolves around Laurel Grant, a social media manager for an Ohio tourism magazine. Laurel finds herself caught in a hilarious predicament when her boss, whose wife just left him, invites himself to Christmas Eve Eve dinner with Laurel and her family. The problem is that her boss mistakenly believes she owns her twin sister Holly's farm. Determined to keep her job, Laurel decides to play along with the misunderstanding, leading to a series of comical and very awkward moments. Laurel and Holly are complete opposites. Holly is happily married, she's a brilliant cook, and the perfect mother, while Laurel is single, can barely use a microwave, and has no kids. But her boss has seen all the social media posts from the farm and thinks otherwise, so now Laurel has to pretend to be a mother and a wife. Holly gleefully plays along and is more than happy to pretend that Laurel is the mother of her kids, but she draws the line at allowing Laurel to pretend to be married to her husband. So she gets her husband's best friend Max to pose as Laurel's husband. The problem is that Max and Laurel are polar opposites and they hate each other. I mean, how could Laurel, a hardcore Christmas lover, ever be with someone as grinchy as Max? While the premise may sound super familiar, especially if you love Hallmark Christmas movies as much as I do, it is still a really fun read and a lot of that has to do with the characters. Laurel is a lovable protagonist and her flaws and insecurities make her all the more relatable. As she navigated through the chaos of the holiday season, I could not help but find myself rooting for her. The dynamic between Laurel and her nemesis turned fake husband Max Beckett adds an extra layer of entertainment to the story. Their snarky banter and undeniable chemistry create plenty of sparks, making every interaction between them a pleasure to read. As they spend more time together, Laurel begins to question her assumptions about Max, leading to a surprising and heartwarming journey of self-discovery. Surprise, surprise. I also loved Holly, and even though Gilbert, Laurel's boss, is a little too extra and a bit of a sad sack, he's necessary to the overall plot and does serve a purpose, though at times I found him to be a bit much. Winfrey's writing style is light and breezy, it perfectly captures the festive atmosphere of the holiday season. There's nothing overly deep here, and that's okay. This is a Christmas rom-com, it's not supposed to be deep. The narrative flows smoothly, and the pacing is perfect. One of the things I enjoyed most about the book was the enchanting setting, the description of the farm covered in snow, the cozy farmhouse, the mouth-watering holiday meals created a vivid backdrop that just added to the heart of the story. Every scene felt warm and inviting, and again, straight out of a Hallmark Christmas movie. Overall, I found this to be a delightful and heartwarming holiday read. Whether you're a fan of romantic comedies or just looking for a feel-good Christmas story, I recommend this one. It's a lot of fun. I gave it four stars. Next, we'll take a look at Alison Cochran's Kiss Her Once For Me. This book was first published by Atria on November 1st, 2022. The synopsis reads, One year ago, recent Portland transplant Ellie Oliver had her dream job in animation and a Christmas Eve meet-cute with a woman at a bookstore that led her to fall in love over the course of a single night. 
But after a betrayal the next morning and the loss of her job soon after, she finds herself adrift, alone, and desperate for money. Finding work at a local coffee shop, she's just getting through the days until Andrew, the shop's landlord, proposes a shocking drunken plan, a marriage of convenience that will give him his recent inheritance and alleviate Ellie's financial woes and isolation. They make a plan to spend the holidays together at his family cabin to keep up the ruse. But when Andrew introduces his new fiancé to his sister, Ellie is shocked to discover it's Jack, the mysterious woman she fell for over the course of one magical Christmas Eve the year before. Now, Ellie must choose between the safety of a fake relationship and the risk of something real. Perfect for fans of Written in the Stars and One Day in December, Kiss Her Once for Me is the queer holiday rom-com that you'll want to cozy up with next to the fire. A friend of mine read this book last year and recommended that I add it to my holiday reads list this year. Surprisingly, I didn't have any LGBTQIA plus stories on my list, so it was a welcome addition. I ended up really enjoying it, and what was extra fun was that it takes place in Portland, so when streets and stores and neighborhoods were mentioned, I knew exactly where the author was referring to. The book focuses on Ellie Oliver, a young woman who was at a crossroads in her life. Ellie had big dreams of working in animation. She even landed her dream job after moving to Portland and shared a magical night in the snow with an amazing woman she met at a bookstore. Since that magical night, Ellie's life has taken a nosedive. She was fired from the animation job, and she's never seen the woman she shared the night with again. Ellie now works at a local coffee shop and is struggling to make ends meet. Just when she thinks things couldn't get any worse, Andrew, the landlord of the coffee shop, approaches her with a rather unconventional proposition. He needs Ellie to marry him so that he can claim his inheritance. All Ellie has to do is stay married to him for a year, and then they can divorce, and she'll even get a nice chunk of change out of it, which would definitely relieve her financial woes. Ellie agrees, and as they concoct a plan to spend the holidays together at Andrew's family cabin, Ellie is greeted with a shocking revelation. Andrew's sister is none other than Jack, the captivating woman she fell for on Christmas Eve the year before. Now, Ellie has to make a choice. Does she rekindle with Jack and see if the magic they shared that night still exists, or should she continue with her fake marriage to Andrew and solidify her financial future? The book is light and fresh and carries an emotional punch. Cochrane's clever dialogue and witty banter offer much-needed comic relief, balancing out the emotional depth of the story. Through Ellie's journey, readers are reminded that sometimes the greatest rewards come from embracing uncertainty and following our hearts, even when it seems daunting. The romance here is beautifully portrayed. It was nice to see a sapphic romance play out like a very progressive Hallmark Christmas movie. Another thing that I liked is that the romance didn't feel rushed. Cochrane takes readers on a slow burn journey, allowing the connection between Ellie and Jack to develop organically. Their initial meet-cute at the bookstore on Christmas Eve immediately captures our hearts and sets the stage for a whirlwind romance just as heartwarming as it is complicated. The chemistry between the two is electric. It leaves readers rooting for their happily ever after. Ellie is a lovable protagonist, and her vulnerability is palpable as she navigates her way through financial hardships, complicated relationships, and the fear of choosing between safety and the pursuit of something real. The supporting characters, particularly Andrew and his quirky family, add an extra layer of entertainment, injecting the narrative with warmth and laughter. I also loved how Jack was the exact opposite of her wealthy family. I love how she preferred to live in a camper trailer versus a Lake Oswego mansion, and how non-materialistic she was. Overall, Kiss Her Once For Me is an enchanting and delightful read perfect for the holiday season. 
Alison Cochran has created a story that's equal parts heartwarming and captivating. This one is sure to leave you with a smile on your face and hope in your heart. So grab a cozy blanket, settle in with a cup of hot cocoa, and get ready to fall in love with this charming tale. Wow, I was really cheesy with that. (laughs) Nothing like adding a little Hallmark cheese to my reviews. But I did like the book, and I ended up giving it four stars. We'll close out with my thoughts on Love, Holly by Emily Stone. This book was first published by Dell on September 26, 2023. The synopsis reads, Ever since a car accident tore her family apart, Holly has been part of a Lonely Hearts holiday letter writing club. Each December, she writes to a stranger who is also spending Christmas alone and receives a letter from another lonely person in return. Usually, the letters go unanswered. That's the point. The letters are anonymous, and the senders write whatever is in their heart. But this year, the letter Holly receives is different. Not only is the letter full of a grief she knows all too well, but its writer, Emma, mentions a place that Holly has visited. When she realizes that she might actually be able to find the letter's author, Holly becomes determined to reunite Emma with the estranged grandson, Jack, with whom Emma is desperate to reconnect. When Holly finally tracks him down, she remembers that she's met Jack once before, and the connection was electric. The spark between the two of them is still there, until a misunderstanding risks their burgeoning romance and his strained relationship with Emma, too. But Holly is determined. If she can fix Emma's family, she might also be able to fix her own. Though, as it turns out, Holly might have less time to put things right than she thought. I was so in love with Emily Stone's style and the characters that she created in Always in December that I immediately bought her other two books. I had other books on my holiday TBR this year, but this one kept calling to me, so I bumped it up and I loved it even more than Always in December. This story revolves around Holly, whose life was shattered by a tragic car accident that tore her family apart. Seeking solace and companionship during the holiday season, Holly becomes a member of a Lonely Hearts holiday letter-writing club. Each year, she writes letters to strangers who, like her, are spending Christmas alone. The letters are never meant to be shared with anyone other than the recipient, and the writers are anonymous, but the letter that Holly receives this year touches her deeply. This woman is dying of cancer and really wants to reconnect with her estranged grandson before she dies. Holly is so touched by the letter that she decides she's going to take it upon herself to grant this dying woman's wish. What she doesn't expect is how connected the two of them actually are. Once again, Emily Stone has masterfully woven a story of intertwining lives. In this one, we follow Holly's determination to reunite Emma, the author of the letter, with her estranged grandson, Jack. As Holly embarks on this mission, she discovers a connection with Jack that goes beyond what she could have ever imagined, and a romance begins. What I loved the most about this novel was its focus on family dynamics and the importance of healing broken relationships. Holly's family was shattered after an accident where Holly was driving, and it left her feeling isolated and alone, desperate to repair her family, but unsure how. This is the driving force behind why Holly seeks out Emma. It's almost as though she feels like if she can't fix her family, maybe she can help fix someone else's. It's during the journey to mend this relationship that Holly discovers an opportunity for her own personal healing and growth. As it was in Always in December, Stone's writing is strong and carries a hefty emotional punch. Her prose is beautiful without being extreme or overly flowery, and her characters are all very lovable and relatable. I love the complex relationships that she's crafted and how, eventually, our characters are able to heal. 
The journey isn't especially easy, but that's life, and that's when we learn the most important lessons. I felt the pacing of the book was spot on, the plot is beautifully woven with surprising revelations and heartfelt moments that will tug at your heartstrings. If you pick this one up, be prepared to experience a roller coaster of emotions as you navigate the ups and downs of love, loss, and rediscovery. As in Always in December, the author manages to tackle difficult themes such as grief and loss with sensitivity and grace. Through Holly's interactions with Emma and Jack, as well as her interactions with her immediate family, the novel explores the power of forgiveness and the strength it takes to mend broken hearts. Stone navigates these emotional complexities with finesse, creating a narrative that is both poignant and hopeful. In this book, Stone reminds us of the power of connection and the transformative effect it can have on our lives. Through her charming and relatable characters, she reminds us that sometimes it takes a stranger to bring us back to ourselves. This book is a celebration of love in all its forms and a reminder to cherish and cultivate the relationships that matter most. After reading these two books, Emily Stone is now an auto-buy author for me. She has one more book, but I'm saving it for next year. I personally enjoyed this one more than Always in December, though both of them are good. If you like your books with a hefty emotional punch, then this is a must-read, especially for anyone seeking a heartwarming and creative novel that will leave you feeling inspired. I gave this one a solid five stars. That's all I have for you today. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram for all things bookish. The handle over there is at just read it already pod. You can also find links to all of the books that I talked about today on the website at just read it Join me next week when I share my thoughts on Tanana Reeve Dew's The Reformatory, Sophie Cousins' The Good Part, Ella Berman's Before We Were Innocent, Erica Johansson's Kingdom of Sweets, and Brian McCauley's Candy Cane Kills. Have a great weekend and a Merry Christmas if you celebrate. We'll see you next week. Cause I-